0: Hello and welcome to the second last episode of On the Couch with Quibus and.
1: Oh God! That was he prepared for that. An, I, I'm still... I hate to see us record all, though. <laughs> 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 Actually, you still still not like Look your mic, or... Yeah, bro. but I'm trying to correct... See, sir, this is the second-last episode of the year. Second-last episode ever. The second-last
0: episode of 2020. How exciting. It's been a journey. And we have a very special guest with us for this episode. Who has millions of questions. <laughs> yes. And we... <laughs> Are going to try our best to answer none of them? <laughs> introduce yourself, sir.
2: Hi, I'm Tim. <laughs> um, hi, Quibus and Quibus.
1: Answer, answer, t- answer the telephone, to do, or t- introduce yourself like you answered the telephone. <laughs> <laughs> Tim um, the hello? Uh, uh, Timothy Hello?
2: Timothy <coughs> Hello? Good day, Tim speaking. <laughs> no, you didn't say that. <laughs> uh, 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 we all have our own little sales uh, answer that you got to go with when someone phones you. And especially when it's a suspicious number, you never know, hey? <laughs> Uh what, what else? What else? I'm turning 21. I like to claim I'm 21 way before the time. Um, so, next year, I'm 22. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what else? <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, interesting. So,
0: we're talking tonight with almost 22-year-old Tim. Tim. Uh, Tim is is the brother of Megan, or as I like to affectionately call her, Megs. Megan is in our church. She's a friend of ours. Tim is her brother. And Lisa is also here, Tim's girlfriend. So, as you guys know, we encourage people to suggest topics for the podcast. And Tim has... (laughs) <laughs> and Tim uh, came up with a very good one which we decided to do uh, for this and uh, the question that he posed to me and other Kurvis is and you must correct us if we are wrong but but Tim wanted to know or want us, wanted us to discuss how should Christians respond to constant change what made you ask that question?
2: Um, okay so I'll start with change uh in every in a everyday life uh i feel change is 100% inevitable uh we can look from cell phones to television to cars um and everything is changing we believe to the good um and we need to sometimes we can't say if the change is good or we could believe change is good and it could actually be bad from someone looking from another perspective. And how do we ensure that what we are doing in that moment with the change in our life, making the right decisions is changing to the good and what God would like in our life and not just what we'd like. So I've made some episode notes
0: and Tim said it's spot on. So no one acts surprised. And then I didn't feel like we gave Megan a big of enough shout out. Megan is an avid supporter of the podcast listens to every episode the biggest, fan. the biggest fan our number one fan and hopefully soon Everyone Tim will be one. as well yes <laughs> so what Megan does is she listens to the podcast like 50 times and that's where our listenership comes from
1: <laughs>
0: the stats are looking good thanks to Megan thank you Megan Tim, pull your weight bro <laughs> so Lisa was many <laughs> of yeah <laughs> so, change we are referring to, relationships, job, culture around us, the world in general, social media. There's been a lot of changes, or there is constant, like you said, constant changes uh, in those aspects, aspects of life. Uh, and we are going to talk about all of them. I think uh, so one, one of the notes I made here, just general thoughts on change, is number one, it's a reality and inevitable, as Tim mentioned. We are so in sync, it's scary, bro. Like, what's <laughs> is um, da. Change is often out of our control, and its impact on our lives is mostly dependent on how we respond to it. Jooste, what do you eat to add? One I'm That's what the hell you're saying.
1: <laughs> I need hey, uh, you to come ek in ek here and say ek something. i brought by a he.
0: lot. Well, this is what. I
1: raise my words very open.
0: Yeah. Where do you want to start
1: this oh this one yeah the top
0: okay how should we respond to changes in relationships is that now
2: romantic and friends and parents and everything exactly so um yeah we've got i would say relationships is a massive fact in your life you've got relationships with your parents your girlfriend your friends um now let's speak about change in those aspects let's say you've got a girlfriend um who you might know is bad for you, but you neglect to change it for the good. And then you look at then you look at like people that are have gotten out of relationships, and now their lives has changed completely, and they are navigating. Have they made the right decision or not? You understand. And then we can go into relationship. Let's say losing a parent. So that's a life. That's a, a curveball life would throw at you. And you lose a parent, and now you're upset with the world for losing your parent, and you say uh, God was the, in the It was God's fault I lost my dad, or I lost my mom, and now you've you've blocked out a certain aspect in your life because you're almost blaming God. I would say, um, and uh, yeah, like how do you navigate life happening in a relationship aspect, and it's just life happening. How would you be able to assist someone that's gone through, let's say, a loss of a parent and explain to him that, listen, yeah, this isn't God's fault almost at the end of the day?
0: <laughs> You're deep, It's a It is <laughs> 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 yeah, a at day, Since I've never been in a relationship, I think other koers should go first. Almost. Let's start with the girlfriend thing. You have a girlfriend in your life. Uh, uh, Tim, I'm assuming we're going to talk out of a Christian perspective. That's fine. Okay. I'll start with the basics. So for me, when I am looking at what did I have? Have you heard that name? I were mentally obvious.
1: Nia, <laughs> <Yeah>, I think I'm
0: feeling. I said, "Hans, Hans, <laughs> Hans." Did you something to say?
1: So I
0: think as as a Christian, as a man, um, who, for us, who's part of a church, who who's being held accountable when we, we don't, and I'm going to, I'm going to be as, this is going to sound very Christian, but just bear with me. So for us, and I'm, I'm I think I can speak for the both of us. Dating as such is not like a biblical concept, so we won't willy-nilly just date any girl, every girl. We like that girl, we're gonna date her, and then it doesn't work out, and we move on to the next one. That is not from uh, that's something not that's not something that that is. I would almost say permissible out of it. That's not the way we would approach dating. So when we decide to go into the relationship, there's a few fundamental things that we would look at uh and and way up and i actually have a very good personal story that i can share on this but i don't know if i should okay i'm not going to name names a very few people know about this so let me give you an example yes. so i've never been in a relationship okay i'm 31 by the way feel sorry for me so i met so i after our first episode someone contacted me i'm not uh, <laughs> Short, let me give you the short version. I went on a blind date with someone based on the first two episodes of this podcast, right? Someone, a third party, organized it. This person is in our church, not in our congregation, but she is in the church, okay? And we went, so she knew who I was, she knew who she was going to be going on a date with, but I didn't know. But but we had met like last year somewhere, so we knew each other. And then when we got there, obviously I saw who was, what I was. So. Long story short is we went on a blind date and then we kept on chatting. And then we went on a date uh, which I organized and um, we spent some time together chatting over coffee at a house or whatever. And then after we spent a few times, we 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 spent together, I, 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 I told her that I liked her and I wanted to pursue a relationship with her. But... And then, but I didn't know how she was, how she felt, and she said she felt the same way, but she wanted to hear something from God first, so she wanted to pray about it. And up to that point, I think both—obviously, I had prayed about it as well. That was a little more than two weeks ago, <laughs> so I'm still waiting for God to to speak to her um, about whether we should go forward with this as well. But the point I want to make is that when we consider who we date, we for, in this is not not all Christians do it this way but I'm just going to speak for me personally is I would start dating with the intention of marriage like I would be clear from the start that I want to get to know you and spend time with you but the, the with the aim of this leading to something it's not just having a good time and then moving on and so if the other person's on board with that then you would pursue that relationship Having spoken to a few people, maybe a few leaders or or whatever, so the feedback we've gotten is that the way we've obviously handled this is quite good. What that, when it comes to dating, it's always about being intentional. A lot of women will also ask sometimes will ask you if you if you ask them out or let's go do something. Well, what's your intention? Not all of them, but some will ask you that. So for us, it's about getting to know someone but but you don't just willingly go into a relationship there's there's always intentionality behind it and so if that doesn't that that doesn't mean it's going to work out definitely but it does mean that when you start dating with the aim of of it leading to marriage there is some certain stuff that you're going to talk about and and work on um but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to end in front of your friends
2: saying I do what exactly exactly that's a perfect example but now let's say you this is a let's use your scenario let's relate perfectly to it let's say you go you went on this blind date you've met this girl and to you she ticks all the boxes but you haven't seen through the curtain yet you haven't you know spent a weekend away things like that so you haven't really spent that extra amount of time now you climb into a relationship um And a year down the line, you're like, oh goodness, this and this and this, I cannot actually live with. Now, that's why you've prayed about it before the time and waited for confirmation, I agree. And we'll quickly get back to that as well. But, okay, I want to go back there quick. What if God tells her no, and you believe that that's the right thing to do? Like, you believe this is
0: the goal. My prayer to God was... I want I want two things. I want you to be glorified no matter what happens and I want your will to be done no matter what happens. So if she tells me that she feels God says no, I accept it and I move on. Okay. So it's it's a tough pull to swallow. What you, the other the other thing you said about the year down the line um this this that realization you come to that this is maybe not going to work out hopefully will come before so much time has passed but the way we look at it is it's not about living together or going away for a weekend um i think obviously even stuff like like physicality would be maybe restricted kissing all that kind of stuff so the way we approach it would be different
2: so so while we while we on that While we're on that, like, let's say in in the day and age, let's speak about change. In the day and age we're in now, sex is something that is commonly practiced, if you put it it that way. Now, in the Bible, it states we shouldn't do it till after marriage. Do we conform to our Bible? Do we conform to the change the world has gotten into? Obviously, the answer is the Bible, but you understand, like... (laughs) 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 <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, I can give you a scripture. Tim is Quickly. answering his
2: own questions.
1: <laughs> like, to answer your question, the the Bible says Romans twelve two Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And it's, and I think it goes on to say like, so you can. Um, uh, So you can see or know the good and perfect will of God, Mm. like that is for for us as Christians. I mean, we need to look at what the Bible says about it. Mm. How does the Bible say? uh, uh, The Bible informs our worldview.
0: Yeah. So when we are, if 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 we are followers of Jesus, we need to submit ourselves to what the Bible says because that is the Word of God. And so, ma- sex was designed for marriage. It wasn't designed to be to, ha- to be had outside of marriage. So,
1: it says a man will leave. Yeah. a woman will leave, his, or will leave a uh, mother and father. and, yeah. bec- and So join <coughs> with men and become one flesh. No. and that's and that's a thing. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's a so whole different topic. <laughs> <laughs> so so let's not go down but, that route. But so the. The
0: challenge is, and this is going to sound heavy, I don't want to freak you out, but the challenge is that having sex outside of marriage would be considered sexual immorality, okay? And the Bible clearly teaches that people who practice sexual immorality unrepentedly will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So sexual sin is very serious. And so having sex outside of marriage would fall under that. So for us, it's about. Withstanding what the culture is doing, um, and standing on what the Bible says, and not conforming to what culture does or says we should do, because then we would we would go back and forth. God, when the Bible was written, it was written for all time until Jesus comes back. So he, when it was this, this he knew the stuff we would be struggling with today, but the truths remain the same. And if you have faith and you believe it's it's his word, and you believe there's not only joy but there's certain there's good things that come out of being obedient, then it's easier to do that. But you have to believe it's his word, mm. and that is uh, tied into that is killing your flesh, fighting against lust, which is obviously very difficult. All men struggle with lust, so but that is what we have been called to do as followers of Jesus and obviously people fall and not everyone adheres to that a lot of people who are christians now before they were saved had sex before marriage but with salvation there's repentance so god can forgive you for that and it's not held against you as you move forward Uh, but if you are a christian already to, to then go and have sex outside of, of marriage is is sin and, and quite a serious one. Yeah, you know, the challenge with sin is sin separates us from God. Yeah. So, if we if we walk and live in sin, the, uh, in the spiritual, it, it it creates a problem between us and God. That's why we need to constantly repent for mm. the stuff we I do th- wrong.
1: Just something that so sex is supposed to be the one of the most intimate um expressions of love and God designed it that way and to do it outside of marriage steals from that intimacy it should actually saved. yeah so if, like and the most intimate relationship you can actually have is a relationship with God and within Your covenant relationship with God and then your covenant relationship with your spouse, that's where you will find the most intimacy. That's why outside of marriage, like I read an article, Brian Giggs, former Manchester United player, got arrested now. His brother came out, it's people in the world saying his brother is a sex addict and he feels sorry for him that's hectic it's someone it, th- it means it's something that will actually never satisfy mm. you completely you will always look for something more you will always look for d- like it it just can't satisfy w- the way it's supposed to if it's not done correctly in intimacy mm. Yeah, you know, if it makes sense I don't know
2: it doesn't I make w- sense Oh w- yeah so I know that makes sense I'm with you Um, but w- I want to just touch on what Quibus, big big qubus big c <laughs> uh, you big k okay okay um so so you was <laughs> <laughs> promotional special k next on the ad <laughs> um <laughs> so what what quibus with k was mentioning earlier <laughs> was um like living in sin, so i also feel like i'm very sure everyone feels like it you do you, you perform sin in your everyday life, and if you say you don't, you lie. <laughs> the Bible actually L- says that. <laughs> Literally. So now um, you perform sin, and you feel in an everyday moment that, hey, I'm sinning. And you, you're always feeling like you're under this cloud of, hey, don't sin, Tim. Hey, don't sin. And sometimes it kind of gets to you. It kind of goes, how can I... You know, like, oh, I'm living my life so badly, I need to improve. But if, you, if you're if constantly doing it, you're kind of almost weighing yourself down. Um, you guys understand what I mean? So you, you're like, hey, I didn't do this correctly. I didn't uh, react in this situation correctly. Kind of maybe in a sinful way with a, a sinful comment towards something which wasn't good into the world. Because technically, if you refer things to the Bible, everything you need to do needs to be good into the world. So... Uh, now you you performing, let's say, let's quickly just touch on a job, the job, your career aspect. So let's say you're in your career, and you need to give some criticism to someone. And honestly, you need to give this criticism, and there's no nice way to do it. How, uh, now, am I sinning by performing my due action? It's, it's I, th- I agree there's a way to do everything. But, in in certain aspects, you know that person will take it to heart if you're telling them, "Hey, this and this looks bad on your stats." For instance, now, how do you react in a situation like that? Yes, yeah, that's quite an interesting one.
0: Good. <laughs> <laughs> Let, yeah, you know, let's start at the beginning of your of like every day we sin every day and it can weigh you weigh you down. What happens when you get saved is we are all born with a sinful nature. When you are saved, God gives you a new nature and a new heart um, which leads to you having new desires. so there's a difference between sinning and willful sinning, intentional sinning. You can intentionally decide I'm going to sin now or in a fleeting moment you can have a sinful thought or say something that's not great but it's not it's not you didn't decide beforehand that I'm going to do that now. So there's that. That's the one aspect. The second aspect is it's not about performance, but it's it's about growing in in sanctification. Sanctification just means yeah. It's the The main goal for us is is holiness, is striving to be less and less sinful. Sanctification is a process of that, but it takes a lifetime. It's not something we can achieve in this life. So it's not about. It's not about necessarily disappointing God or feeling like I'm not performing today or I've, I've sinned too much or whatever. But it's about what what, what is my, on the one side, what is my intention? Am I repenting for that? And even what I found is if you walk close to God and you're in constant and you have a relationship with him, like even praying before you have to do certain stuff, like say, let's say you have to give a performance review to a colleague or whatever, it's not sinful to give a performance review it's not sinful to be truthful and say listen i don't think you're doing a good job at the moment something needs to change i think the challenge comes in when you have a job where it is required of you to sin by either being dishonest or stuff like that but but the main thing is yeah when my ad resources it's about relationship not performance god doesn't want us to feel to constantly feel condemned by the sin that we are doing, even though He doesn't like it, it is impossible for us not to sin in some way every day. But it's more about, for me at least, your intention and and with your new nature and the and the help of the Holy Spirit, you can get to a place where you are sinning less and you are God is change, you God is changing you and the way you respond to certain things. There's general growth in in your walk with God. Um, the idea is not to, if you get saved today and the stuff you struggle with, in five years' time, there should be some progress there. You should be struggling less or not at all with, with that particular sin if you've walked a good walk with the Holy Spirit up until that point. So that's what I would say to to two things that you mentioned there only I add
1: yeah the reason Jesus came was because in ourselves there's no way we can we can do anything to live a life so perfect that we can actually stand face to face with God God is perfectly holy that means sin can't be in his presence, but we can't do anything to to like Israel, if you go read the Old Testament, they there's nothing they could do because in ourselves we can't. We fallen, we sin, we fall short every single day. But Jesus came because we can't do anything to earn our salvation, Jesus came and he died on a cross and he took our sin upon himself. Mm. So that we can actually, and that doesn't mean we can go on living, sinning, doing whatever we want. Like uh, no, Romans, I've been reading Romans. So, but Romans d- it. Do it, speaks about. <laughs> it says like uh, you, um, like the uh, you can't, um, like the kindness of God, and the, that's the kindness of God actually sending His Son to die for us on the cross so that we can have relationship with Him. The kindness of God to lead us to repentance and not lead us to sin more. So, and and I, d- like what God said was... Uh, um, Stop referring to yourself in the third person, please. Tick.
0: <laughs> so... Um, Just a tension breaker there, because this is a heavy topic.
1: Yeah, so... Um, uh, yeah, uh, the intention of your heart in it. Like, am I willfully actually doing what I'm going to do now? Or is it just because I? there is still things in me that are broken, that are uh, yeah. that's why, it, like what he said with sanctification, sanctification is a process that will only be complete when we stand face to face before mm. Jesus one day. And we are glorified. F- uh, yeah, so f- uh, but in that time, is somebody going to get hurt real bad? Don't <laughs> <laughs> no, so <laughs> that Russell Peters comedy show, I was just thinking about that now. <laughs> but so, in in the process, there's gonna be times where we're gonna fall short, where we're gonna sin, but it's it's turning quickly. It's like God knowing, okay, yes, wow, well, okay, I shouldn't have done that, like, yeah. and learn from experiences, like, uh, yeah. So
0: hmm. it might be a good time to just quickly get into the gospel and what the gospel is. So what Corbis was alluding to was like Jesus came to reconcile us to God by dying on the cross for our sins because he lived the perfect life. So what happens is when we put our trust in Jesus and our faith in him and we believed that he died on the cross for our sins so we can have eternal life. In that moment, God justifies us, which means we are now in right standing with God. And he, he puts the righteousness of Jesus on us. So the What do they call it? The, the key cloak. Um, we are, let's say, clothed with the righteousness of Jesus. That means, when, because we are not righteous because we are sinful, but Jesus lived the perfect life. And that's why it's so important to understand that the reason Jesus' sacrifice to God was sufficient is because he lived the perfect life. And then we receive the righteousness of Jesus. And that means that when you get saved, when God looks at you, He doesn't see your sinful life and all the mistakes you've ever made. Instead, He looks at you as if you had lived the perfect life of Jesus. And that is the gift of salvation. And with that comes a new heart, a new nature, new desires, and the good news is, we don't walk this road alone. There's always people. Are, we we should surround ourselves with other believers. And I would say that almost always in a church context, people who held to hold us accountable, people who can disciple us, people who can help us, and we expose ourselves to, to to worshiping God for who He is and what He has done for us. So that is in a nutshell the gospel and the reason we need it is because we have like we whoever said fallen short of the glory of God by our sinful nature because of what happened with, with Adam and Eve so yeah
2: I want to uh, just touch on so you were pretty much mentioning there that you need people in your surroundings to obviously walk the path with you um, and I couldn't agree more like you need to speak to someone about things you need to relate your experiences but uh, things I've also noticed um in in those circles and in those groups you sometimes don't want to you know mention your everyday life because they suddenly suddenly question it and you feel like you're threatened when you're explaining to them everyday life you know so um (coughs) like Okay, I can't use a certain ex- scenario now, but um, if if you'd look like the old tannies, let's use the tannies as an example. You know, like those old gospel tannies. You know what I'm talking about? Now, uh, gospel. no gospel. Then, no, so uh, so you tell her, nee tannie, dis the uh, die, die lig is blou', and then she'll go, go, ek nie era, ek uh, ek dink tis groen'. You know, and she'll bring something like completely irrelevant to the topic, ek nie into the, the, the subject, and you're just like, Tani, <laughs> really not, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I, I feel in those circles, you find yourself sometimes getting questioned by the people in the circles, and they shouldn't be questioning you, they should just be supporting you, um, I, I look at a scenario, literally, uh, that passed me this weekend, and somebody um, just mentioned what they did this weekend, and quickly, quickly, ooh, it was very frowned upon about the person saying, "You're your KR buyer, for instance um and i, I understand it's not something for is a bad example, but uh, it's now the the person in your group is sometimes not holding you accountable, they almost judging you and and now you feel do i wanna uh, do I want to see these people because they're judging me, they're not here to help me." Um, so the, the how do we find that fine line? At the end of the day, I think
1: firstly, on the Tani, <laughs> I think just like Christians can be full of pride as well, and use it to it uh, like like people think these levels of Christians like I'm a better Christian than you because I do this and I do that and I and yes like uh, these people that. Uh, uh, everyone needs jesus the same (laughs) like there's no like that person that has pride in their heart uh, is it's actually more difficult for them to to see jesus because they think they're perfectly fine but they're not and until you come to a point where you humble yourself before god and be like okay this is like i'm actually not perfect uh, you know, that person will p- struggle actually in their relationship with God. And when it comes to to judging, I think that's... F- f- in, in the church, in a Christian context, we're actually called to judge each other. And I can give you a scripture for that. <laughs> it's not... I think a lot of people go say it's easily don't judge me only God can judge me if you don't have a relationship with God you're 100% right because it uh, 1 Corinthians 5 it says you you are not supposed to judge those outside of the church God does that we are called to judge those inside but it's not placing judgment on someone saying uh, like I'm not placing judgment on you now. I'm judging your actions according to what I see. Scripture says you're saying you're living a life for Jesus, but you're doing this. It doesn't line up, yeah. and that's in a sense that I'm judging. I'm I'm not judging you as a person. I'm judging your actions, your and, and 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 it's it's difficult yeah. like uh, for people to. But if you're open to receive it, if you're actually in if you're in Christ, you should be open to receive it. Uh, It's not always easy, and it's like, but, I always, this is my, how I weigh up, whether there's something in my heart. So, if someone says something to me that, in, in, in terms of correction, like if I'm doing something wrong, someone says something to me, and my heart jumps at, at it, like, and I want to like react to what that person saying. And I'm like, okay, why did my heart just want to do that? <laughs> Maybe I should just like go and think about this. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I think that's how you, like we should be open to, to judgment. Like it shouldn't comfort you, it, uh, the fact that God is going to judge you one day. That should not be a comforting thought if you are outside of christ Mm. because like the full (laughs) cup of wrath that was poured out on jesus is going to be poured out on you as well on that day and uh, i don't think it's going to be fun there's a big misperception
0: that christians can't judge we can absolutely like over said we can absolutely judge other christians um we don't judge people outside of the faith but we can Judge them inside for sin that they have committed, but there is a difference between judging someone and condemning them. So the always the goal with judging sin, which basically means calling out sin, like like you're proud, you are prideful, you should not be prideful. I'm judging you, yes, but I'm hopefully doing it in a loving way because I want you to be redeemed. I want you to come out the other side. I want to help you work through this so that you you don't struggle with it anymore. So we can absolutely judge other Christians uh, when, I always almost want to say, when sin in their life is confirmed. Not when we think they have sinned, when we know for certain that they have sinned, but the goal is always out of love to bring them through a situation that they might not struggle, that they don't struggle with it anymore. So we do it for, because number one, we love them, and we want to help them not struggle with that particular sin, whatever it may be uh anymore so but we should be slow to judge I think as well. It's not like walking around looking for people to judge. there's always compassion
1: yeah i think if if you have a to like that <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it it it's it yeah I think uh, very it's easy it's, to yeah. to to put something on someone else like the, like look at the 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 balk like in like the splinter if, if oog.
0: I'm struggling with
1: pride it's gonna be difficult
0: for me to call you out on pride you know what I mean but always w- like in with the Tani's example <laughs> <laughs> I think feels j- like it hits home for you to <laughs> <laughs> I think, to a certain measure, we should consider who that is coming from. Is it is it is it is it coming from a loving place, or these people? Do they have my best interests at heart, or is it about gossip? Is it about just condemning me for not living up to their standards? When we say surround yourself with the right people, the best example I can think of is the people that Quivers and I surround ourselves with in our church people who have our best interests at heart, people who don't call us out because it will elevate them or make them feel better about themselves. It's about us as about the individual, but also us as a collective body of believers helping each other work through these issues. There is a a right way and a wrong way to do it, but like you usually, I, I wouldn't walk into church and just point out anyone's sin because I don't have the same relationship with anyone. I'll tune you Esther, but I won't tune someone else because I don't have the same relationship with them. So you should always also take it who it comes from, and and if they have no, if they're not really a part of your life and you're not walking a road with them and they don't really know what's going on uh, and they're just assuming that you are, fang- you're doing nonsense, then I wouldn't take that too hard or too seriously like who did, who's it coming from is it someone who's walking a road with you knows you who has all the facts like or is it someone who's seen something from a distance and assuming the worst and are saying tim what what did you do there but she doesn't really <laughs> <laughs> <know>. <laughs> So 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 that's the thing but but Christians can can absolutely judge other Christians but in the right way uh, under the right circumstances. Love. Love. Yeah. Like and not condemning. Be, yeah, not saying, yeah, that's why, you that's, suck, you should be I th- better. I think it's that's, not,
1: that's what I meant more with judgment. Like, uh, judgment is condemning someone in a sense. Like, yeah. uh, judging someone and judging their actions in a loving way is yeah. actually good and can bring people through uh, uh, certain situations and into a uh, Better place with god if that's the right word i don't know but just in a oh. more like just con- contribute to that process of sanctification that we mm. uh, that we were referring to earlier i just want to add a final thought as um <laughs> Do we talk a lot about change or do we just talk about sin <laughs> we're going to rename this episode yes
0: <laughs> but I wanted to add as well, that's why, especially not not all churches are like this, but in our church specifically, we we do believe and practice accountability. So everyone in the church should ideally have one person who they are accountable to, and that person, you will spend time with them, and they will point out things that they see in your life that they feel that you should work on or that you are struggling with, because we have blind spots as well. And oftentimes, someone that we spend time with uh, can see something in us that we're not even aware of sometimes. And listen listen, this is what I'm seeing. I think you should uh I think you should focus on this or be aware of this or and they can help you through those things. But it but but who you choose to to walk that road with and who you choose to trust is very important. Don't pick one of those Thunnies though.